Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Internado here. Uh, Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Don't you wish you had some secrets to help you get an edge on your business competition? Wouldn't it be great if someone could solve technology and personal challenges at your company that you don't have the time or expertise to fix on your own? There is a solution. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets that drastically improve work performance. Founder Dr. Joe Ross is retired Army who played and later coached for the cadets and puts that experience to use for his clients. Higher Higher Echelon helps organizations shave hundreds of hours off work time and save and make more money by walking them through technology transformations, including organization-wide change management. You'll have to go out alone and you'll have to stay stuck. Higher Echelon is your go-to trusted partner for organizational excellence. Go to higherechelon.com. That's H-I-G-H-E-R-E-C-H-E-L-O-N.com or call 866-469-9945 today to take your company to the next level. Go higher and go Army. Um, now we want to uh, welcome in our very special guest tonight, Army men's lacrosse coach Joe Avarisi, um, coming off a huge win over Syracuse. And we really appreciate Coach taking uh, some time to talk to us um, about that win, uh, about the season so far, and um, what's ahead on Saturday. Coach, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Hey, Sal, thanks for having me on Black Knight Nation. Really appreciate uh, uh, the coverage. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, watching that game on Saturday, I was kind of glued to the, to my TV, you know. Um, at the start of the game, you, know, you, you see uh, Syracuse maybe have the upper hand, but you kind of sense there was a little fight in this team. And for what you guys were able to do at the end of the first um, first quarter and into the last three was just an amazing effort. Uh, what, how, what, what can you say about how the team fought in that game? Yeah, certainly uh, it was a, it was a great showing of uh, of grit, determination, and toughness uh, by our guys. Falling down six one, Sal. That wasn't uh, in the uh, in the scout report or game plan. That wasn't what we were looking to do. Um, you know, you may you may know that uh, it was eight of the last ten meetings between us and Syracuse have been two goals or less. And uh, the other two that weren't two goals or less were were a, a three goal and a four goal game. So we've had some real competitive contests, but we fell fell down, uh, you know, back six to one. Uh, they really played quite well uh, throughout that time. Uh, I thought I felt like we were executing what we wanted to do. Um, we just weren't executing it at a high enough level, and uh, we caught a, a, a break. Uh, they had a stick penalty, a, a, an illegal stick, and we got a chance to get an extra man goal. And then uh, we really stabilized at that point out of the middle. Uh, so our face-off guy, Stephen Graber, uh, started to give us some 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 face-off wins. And then our All-American goalie, Wyatt Schupler, started to play like a, an All-American and uh, started to make some saves. And then slowly, we just kept uh, getting the ball to the offensive end, and and uh, we were spectacular on that side, outscoring Syracuse 17-5 to over the last uh, 47 minutes. So <laughs> even as I say it, Sal, it doesn't sound too real. Um, uh, that's what they've done uh, to other teams over uh, their history, but uh, it, was a, it was a great showing, uh, great execution by our guys, and certainly uh, showed a lot of toughness throughout. Yeah, and some of those goals, I, I I wrote that those were some of the Sports Center highlight goals. There, I mean, just from the passing, from the effort. Um, of course, I mean, it starts with Brandon Nick turn right, and then 
Bobby Abshire coming up. And also you had some guys really step up too. Um, you, you had a local guy, right? Nick, uh, Nick Ellinger too. Um, he's a senior, right? To have his first career hat trick, I believe in that game. So, I mean, it, you were getting scoring. It seemed like everybody was, was, was filling the, the scoring, the scoring role for you guys in that game that, that you guys in, that are, Sure. That's their sure. assignment, right? Yeah, no, no, no question. I mean, you get to 18 goals. It's, it's a, it is definitely a, a group effort uh, to make that happen. And, and you're, you're right on with uh, uh, some of Bobby Abshire's goals. He actually did make it to the sports center uh, uh, top 10. Um, Bobby, Bobby had all kinds of notoriety coming out of that Scott Van Pelt show and did pretty much about, I think they showed three or four of his plays on, on sports center. So um uh, you know he's a wonderful person and and somebody who who Bobby had missed his freshman year because of injury and then last year it was shortened season so uh, not much of the nation knows Bobby Abshire he was a preseason um, preseason first team all Patriot League guy so the the conference knows about him but that uh, uh, they they were introduced to him nationally so he he was he was nothing short of terrific and then as you had said earlier Sal a lot does run through Brendan Nick Turn uh, he he's one of the top uh, attackmen in the country last year was a, a a third team All American and All American as a freshman the first Army freshman to be an All American since 1983 uh, wow. so uh, you know he's he's off to a tremendous start. Uh, although we we didn't play as well as we would have liked against Virginia, he had five points in that game, uh, six against Syracuse, so or seven against Syracuse. So just a, a terrific player, uh, really played well in in terms of production, but also in terms of controlling our offense and and we played at an aggressive pace, uh, but but certainly not a reckless one. And, and Brendan has a lot to do with that. Yeah, you were talking about Wyatt, and uh, I think this week he was named to what the Division One national team for his effort against Syracuse, right? I mean, I look at that second, the start of that second quarter. I mean, he really, um, he was. They had some chances pretty up close, and he was able to turn them away, or you know, just deflections or just gaining possession. That was one hundred percent key in 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 the comeback, no doubt, right? No question. Uh, Syracuse is a tough team, a very difficult team to. Uh, stop from shooting. You, you know they just got some some uh, premier athletes in our sport, uh, some outstanding skilled players. So their offense, it's going to result in a shot. So defensively, what you're trying to do is is decrease the level of of, of that opportunity. Um, maybe it's angles that that you do that in, and 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 then it it comes to goaltending and uh, why it really stepped up, uh, played great. Again, as I said earlier, stabilized us, I thought. And and then as we started to get some things going offensively, maybe that press, um, excuse me, the Syracuse offense might have started to press a little bit and played into our hands somewhat. But uh, it did it did start with uh, Wyatt's play in the goal as well as Stephen Graber's uh, uh, job in the, at the faceoff X. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, watching that game, you saw a graphic with the guy, guys at Syracuse was returning. They had a couple All-Americans back for their fifth year. I don't know if you take into account that your team, right, last year you were on a you, you were on a pretty good – had a pretty good season going until it got cut short by COVID. So these these players have been hungry to get on the, on the field, no doubt, and show what they're, they're worth and that they're one of the top teams in the nation, uh, I imagine. 
Yeah. So last year's team was off to a great start and the 2020 group, uh, you know, I just feel even to this day awful, you know, that they didn't get to to complete the mission as juniors. They had won the Patriot league conference and finished uh, 14th in the country. And then we were off to a tremendous start uh, having beaten UMass and Rutgers back to back by a combined, I think it was like 31 to nine score. We really blew them both out. Both were top, uh, top 20 teams. So we were off to a great start and, um, you know, we we're six and two. I think we were 14th in the country uh, at that point when, when things got shut down. So I know that group felt like the best lacrosse was still ahead of us. Uh, we unfortunately, even though we got off to a fast start, we weren't able to finish uh, what what uh, we set out to do. And the, the uniqueness of the spring sports for us, Sal, is, is we lost seven starters on that team. So there were seven guys that uh, that had huge roles for us. Uh, on the offensive end, the defensive end, uh, in in uh, defensive midfield. So uh, we really we got hit with that graduation. And then some of the teams that we've played already, uh, Virginia, you uh, excuse me, uh, Virginia as well as Syracuse, they returned everybody. Um, and uh, so so nobody left for graduation. They're all in their fifth year. And then in addition to that. Uh, the Ivy League didn't allow for that. And Ivy League and lacrosse is is um, uh, several of those teams are amongst the top 10 in the country. So those young men who had a fifth year uh, went and seeked other places to play that last year. So so Syracuse, Virginia, Duke, uh, Carolina, a lot of those schools not only have all of their own players back, they've got other players coming back. So uh, the significance of the Syracuse win uh, when they finished last season as the number one team in the country, the abbreviated season, uh, and then they returned everybody. Uh, it was it was uh, uh, quite a significant win. Anytime you beat Syracuse, it is, uh, but maybe more so this year. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of the history between Army and Syracuse, right? It, it goes back. It's probably, I mean, is it a rivalry of sorts? Do you think or no? Well, we certainly think so. Um, you know, it's it's Syracuse is one of those teams where you know they had a streak through the eighties and in, in the nineties into the early two thousands of twenty four straight uh, final fours. So they they have been the standard bearer of the, of, of lacrosse eleven national championships. Uh, we've played them every year that I've been here, uh, which is uh, I started my first season was 2006. Uh, we've played them every year, but one, one year we missed, but, uh, you know, we've had some, some great games with them. We've, we probably the most memorable win against them uh, came in 2010 when they were the two time defending national champion. And uh, we went up in an NCAA tournament game, had lost yeah. to them earlier in the season and then beat them in double overtime. So, uh, you know, that, that was a significant one. And then throughout that decade, some great, great games. We beat them in 2017, uh, where we scored with a half a second left. But uh, they've clearly gotten the better of it uh, in terms of wins and losses. But they've always been, uh, uh, you know, they've always brought some of the best out of uh, uh, the Army lacrosse teams. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not going to ask you to compare 2010 to on Saturday. I will I will ask you that. But um, the 18 goals were the most against Syracuse, dating back to like 1968. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, 18 goals in lacrosse is a lot. And then you do it against the number four team in a country. It, it's it's uh, quite an achievement. And, and uh, you know, the guys, again, just play great, uh, play very unselfish 
think 11 of our 18 goals were unassisted. So it was a really good effort um, by put in by a lot of different guys. It clicked on a lot of levels. Our transition was very good. Our extra man offense uh, produced a couple of goals. So it, it was uh, a lot of different sources, Sal, and uh, which you need to in order to get to, to, to that number. So a uh, great game, but we, we, we have, um, I think our guys have done a really nice job of moving on. Uh, you know, Tuesday, we, we talked about a little bit more being a Sunday game. We gave a Monday off Tuesday. We talked a little more and then, uh, and then headed out to practice and, and, and set our sights on the next one. Yeah. Um, now you, uh, in ranks number six and seven in polls right now, uh, your team right. after that win and, just the schedule that you had to start off, right? Virginia and Syracuse off the bat. I don't know many teams that are doing, many teams that are playing the non-conference games with those two, the caliber of those two teams, right? Is that something that was set on the schedule? Or is that something that happened in between the the COVID you know, yeah. break and stuff? Or yeah, so Sal, it was an interesting story. Uh, Virginia, we got on the uh, the schedule a week before, so uh, we were scheduled to play UMass. And uh, that has been our opener for the last 11 years and a, a little bit of history about UMass. That is, they were, uh, I think, preseason 11th in the country. So, I mean, it, it was going to be a heck of a game. Uh, and uh, I got a call Sunday morning and um, or a, a text Sunday morning. I was about 830 in the morning. I was coming out of church and um, I look at my phone and it, it's the UMass coach who's just a tremendous man and a tremendous coach. Uh, Greg Canellas just texts me and says, hey, Joe, we're we're done. Uh, we can't we're we're going on a two week pause. And, and so we're not going to be able to play. So uh, we have a, a 930 meeting. Our staff does. So we go, I go in there, kind of break the news to them and and let them know and, and what we're going to do. And uh, Brendan Nickter gives me a call and apparently uh, on the broadcast the day before, Virginia was playing the day before and uh, they had a void in their schedule. So they were like, hey, Virginia's looking for a game. So so Brendan texted me, told me, hey, Virginia's looking for a game. So I called them immediately. I'm like, where'd you hear that? Is that you know from a high school teammate that plays down there or, or where, what's your source? He said, no, they sent it on the broadcast. So uh, the, 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 I'm, a, I'm a long time friends with the Virginia coach. So I called them and it really fit well in terms of the testing protocol that we were doing uh, for UMass was right in line with what Virginia needed. Uh, we were, we were uh, set to travel and travel overnight. Um, so, you know, basically we just uh, had to redirect our buses. And even that, so we were playing them on a Saturday. And uh, and then weather down in Charlottesville, of all places, not up here in West Point, but down in Charlottesville, was uh, was made made it unplayable. So we, we ended up uh, bumping it back to Sunday. We got it in. And uh, we, you know, we was certainly a competitive game all the way through. Uh, in Virginia was the defending national champion from 2019 tremendous team. And, uh, you know, they exposed some weaknesses. It was their second game. It was our first game. And, and we just, uh, no excuses to that, but, uh, clearly, uh, they were, they were in better form than we were. And, uh, we lost 14 to nine, but our credit to our guys, we were able to take away a lot, uh, from that, uh, when you, when you face a team at that caliber. And I think there's, it clearly benefited us. Uh, as we moved into a, a, a game against a similar opponent in Syracuse. 
Absolutely. That's great. So, so Brandon Nick turns not only one of the best players in the country, he's, a, he's also a scheduling, scheduling <laughs> yeah. too, right? So. The scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> so COVID is, uh, you know, it was, you know, I watched football and, and, and coach Munkin and how they, they they were pivoting consistently. Um, and, uh, you know, you wondered how that would work in our world of, of lacrosse and, and right away, boom, we got hit with it and uh, we were able to uh, adapt. And I'm really appreciative of our administration and what they did to, to make that happen and, and give us the, uh, the thumbs up on it. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was no small task, but uh, it, it got done. And uh, we feel uh, very fortunate to have played that. And and you're right, you know, to, to open your season with two top five teams in a country is, is something that uh, – um, not many teams are doing out there. Absolutely. Um, can you um, just talk about what it's been like uh, as far as COVID, just to to keep to keep your team you know ready, like for that Virginia experience too. What what what's been what's been like? Have you um, what's practice? What are practices like? Is anything? Are you doing anything that much different than you've done in the past? Or yeah, we're we're a, a lot around our um, a lot happens in and around practice, that's a little different, you know, just in the terms of how we meet, um, you know, when you feed them afterwards, just how you go about feeding them and just trying to limit some exposures, uh, and, and, in that way, uh, you know, in terms of practice itself, other than the, the, uh, coaches being masked, uh, there isn't, there isn't too much that's different right now. Uh, early on, we, we, uh, Mr. Buddy had us, kind of easing into it, which was, which is clearly the right way to go about it. And, uh, you know, all sports, but lacrosse included. So we were easing into it, uh, both physically and, and, uh, you know, just in terms of our contact. So, uh, but now, now it would look, you know, if you came out to a practice, it would look pretty, pretty much like, uh, you would anticipate it to. Did you have to adjust the off season at all or were you able to? So, so in the fall, we have a we have a fall season that would be akin to spring football. Yeah. More practices. We end up with about twenty-two or so practices. And all of those went off quite quite well. Uh, what's a little different is we have we usually have a scrimmage in non-traditional season, but that was uh, unavailable to us at that time. So so that was the only thing that was was a bit different, but uh, Credit to our guys, credit to the institution, credit to our athletic department that we were able to keep things on a, on a pretty um, normal or give it a pretty normal feel uh, throughout the fall. Now, um, I guess Saturday is the home opener for you, right, St. Joe's? And, yeah. Uh, what, I mean, that's got to be pretty exciting for the guys to get back out on the Mighty, uh, Mikey Stadium uh, turf to, and play, right? I mean, it must be pretty fire, especially coming off that, that Syracuse win. Sure. You know, I think uh, it. they are very excited just based on how we've practiced um, and, and really focused on a, a very good opponent in St. Joe's. Uh, St. Joe's has, has um, uh, taken on a very tough schedule themselves early season, Delaware and Towson and uh, two, two traditional powers in our sport and have come up a little short, but they're a very good team. A tremendous face-off guy, uh, which is which – is, uh, pivotal in our sport and, and they've got one of the top two or three guys in the country. So that's going to be a big, a big uh, challenge for us. They're tough kids. They play the game really, really hard. And, um, 
you know, are very well coached. The young man who's, uh, well, he's not so young now. I guess he's in his 40s. But uh, Taylor Ray is their coach. And uh, I was his assistant coach when I was at Duke. So uh, know him well. And this is one of these ones, Sal, that came up maybe in December. Uh, I don't typically like to play um, my close associates and, and uh, you know, we like to have some allies in the sport, right? Yeah. So you don't, want to, you don't want to turn them into your to your enemy, even for a day. Uh, but uh, both uh, uh, Taylor and I were looking for games and we just had this void in the schedule. So we said, okay, this will be a one-year deal. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I knew, I knew when we signed up for it, that, that we were going to have our hands full. So I'm really excited for our guys and the challenge that they have in front of them because it's um, different in that you're not playing an ACC school and, and, and you're not the, uh, the, the hunter, so to speak. Um, you know, now, now you have a, a, a ranking, a higher ranking beside you and, and, uh, a hungry opponent so uh, we, we've got to um, we know they'll bring it and uh, we've got to be certain that we uh, are bringing our energy enthusiasm and, and then our mental and emotional focus to it absolutely if anybody's watching live and you have any comments or questions pre, uh, please feel free to send them in you know i was thinking about when you're talking about your relationship with uh the saint joe's coach i was thinking about army football this uh, fall when Je uh, jeff monken had to play georgia southern you know where, where he came from it's like he didn't really when i used to talk to him about that he's like that's you know that and he would never want to play paul johnson ever you know his mentor you know he never so that that that, that correlation i came up with um on saturday will there be any fans around for you guys uh in the stands for you guys or are you no. gonna play an empty yeah so we'll be we'll be in an empty empty uh 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 stadium and you know, as I was telling the guys, it was a little different uh, in the dome. You know, one of the great, great things in the dome is to silence their fans. They have a, a pretty good crowd uh, by lacrosse standards um, that, that and vocal crowd. So when you do win, it's nice to, to bring some silence to them. Well, we, we didn't have that opportunity to bring silence. It was silent. It just wasn't silent uh, uh, with it, uh, with anybody else. So, Mike, you will be different and not having our fans and, you know, a lot of family uh, there, but uh, it will be streamed on ESPN plus. And, and uh, as I said to our guys, you got to bring your own juice, you know, you got to bring your own juice and, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be up to the task. That um, just uh, this season, what you have, um, you know, it's two games in, but um, you said you lost seven, seven starters from last year's team. And I was just want to maybe, uh, pick your brain a little bit about guys who have stepped up into roles that maybe you could talk a little bit about. You know, yeah, we know we own Nick Turner and Abshire and Wyatt, but I mean, who are some of the other guys that have really uh, in the first few games or even in practices that are showing you some some improvement yeah. this year? Yeah, so so at attack, you know, playing along with Brendan, uh, we lost two seniors uh, in Miles Silva and and Sean O'Brien. So we had to replace those and we replaced them with uh, Nick Edinger. Who was a senior and, and and had switched to attack in his sophomore season and and had played a, a backup role and uh, as you mentioned earlier it was terrific had three goals against Syracuse and then you had uh, um, uh, Aiden Burns who Aiden uh, first year starter as a as a as a junior and he had a he had a hat trick against Virginia and against Syracuse so uh, he's off, he's off to a great start there so uh, those guys really have uh, stepped up on the offensive end in the midfield 
you know, Bobby is, we, we kind of knew what he was all about. And, and Nick Garifano, one of our captains has, has been in a, a staple in the lineup for the last couple of years, a sophomore and junior season. And then Gunnar Phillip was another young man who like Bobby, um, got injured his freshman year. Uh, Gunner was uh, actually scored the very first goal of our first game against UMass as a freshman. Beautiful move. And uh, the next time out, he broke his foot. So his next run at the midfield. So he missed his season and then things got shortened last year. But he he has been an impactful guy in, in the midfield for us also. Dan Kobasa, another guy, uh, uh, he, he, Danny, uh, had a, uh, a good solid year last year. He was a guy, once again, injured as a freshman. So those three middies all missed their freshman year and then had an abbreviated sophomore year. But Danny's been uh, a terrific job. He's a do-it-all guy for us. And then uh, keep working our way back defensively. And uh, we've asked Brian Lehman is a first-year starter for us, and he's playing LSM. Tyler Ulbrich, another first-year starter uh, at uh, uh, sharing that position. And then uh, uh, our short-stick DMs. James Pryor, uh, Matt Horace, Doug Jones, Liam Davenport, and Brendan Murphy. Uh, those guys, uh, um, excuse me, Brendan Ryan. Uh, I was getting confused, Damon Murphy and Brendan Ryan. Brendan Ryan has uh, uh, done a wonderful job for us. So um, that was a strength, kind of what we've known. They've had some great experience. And then back, getting you know back to uh, close defense, we had to replace two guys there. And uh, Jack Wygant has been nothing short of, of spectacular. He has had a great, great uh, first couple games, great preseason. He's a first-year starter. And then Kyle Byer is the um, – Kyle Byer had played a lot up in another position. And we moved him back. And those guys um, uh, work around Marcus Hudgens, who – Marcus is is one of the the very best defensive players uh, in the country. So he would be very similar to uh, be very similar to who Brendan is as an attackman and and his status uh, as one of the nation's elite. Marcus is the same same thing on the defensive end. And uh, so we've got some we you know we had some great talent coming back um, you know young talent coming back, but uh, clearly uh, we needed a lot of guys to step up the roles and. You know, I just kind of ran through many of them who have done that for us. When I was listening to the broadcast um, against Syracuse, you know, I heard the announcer say multiple times, Nick Garif- Nick Garifano and his bench press is three fifty. <laughs> Coach is three fifty accurate. Yes, it is. He 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 is uh, he is a tremendous a tremendous uh, athlete, explosive, uh, strong. You know his 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 squats and. You know, he's only 185 pounds. I bet you, if you if you looked at defensive backs in the NFL and and those numbers, his his would be on par with those. He he has all of that. So, uh, terrific, uh, uh, terrific leader, um, as well as a you know a physical specimen. Want to ask you about another player? He's on the younger side, but um, I recently uh, was told this story. Quinn Binney, a, a guy for you. Um, apparently, he's 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 fought through some injuries. Um, maybe a couple knee injuries and he's looking to, you know, get on the field for you guys. What can you tell us about Quinn? Yeah. Quinn, Quinn is uh, a a tremendous story, a tremendous guy. Uh, He is. um, So he had had an ACL in uh, one of his knees as a sophomore in high school and uh, uh, played uh, 
football down at the Woodlands in, in Texas. So you, high level, uh, I think it's 5A, 6A football. And uh, he he was a starting safety for them. Uh, I know he had come to one of the football camps here uh, and was was uh, the MVP, I think, defensive MVP of one of their football camps here as a his junior year. So really, really great athlete. He goes into the spring of his senior year playing lacrosse and he tears his other ACL. So uh, at that point, because he was not physically fit for to come in directly, he's a tremendous student, like maybe about three, nine student, but he ended up at the prep school for a year, rehabbed, came in the next year. And then last fall, his freshman year, he tore the knee that he tore as a sophomore. So this is his third ACL that he's gone through and he's really on the cusp of playing for us. He, he just, you know, he has worked so hard to put himself in position uh, to, to be that guy and, um, you know, a great inspirational guy for our, for our team because they know what he's gone through, how hard he's worked, how hard he plays. Um, and they have just great respect for how he handles himself and uh, his, his ability to, um, um, you know, within the classroom and this his selflessness uh, throughout, you know, he's always there to help the guys out. So tremendous, uh, tremendous person, tremendous story. Yeah, his dad's a West Point grad too. So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw Quinn at that football camp, at that prospect camp. I was in attendance for that prospect camp. I, and he was throwing, he was playing quarterback too, and he was okay. he was doing some pretty pretty like things that you don't really see. See, you know, just a combination of a of a football player and a lacrosse player. It was it was unique enough for me to you know follow his story, so to speak. Um, Coach, before we leave, just wanted to ask you one more thing. It's just about um, you know, you hear about the football team and, you know, especially right now it's pro days coming up with John Radigan, possibly having the chance at the NFL. Now you got your, your players have the opportunity to play pro. Can you just discuss that? And uh, I know you've had a couple go through, you know, the, uh, the major league lacrosse uh, too, right? So, yes. So um, th- thanks for asking us. So we, we have, uh, so it's a different story than the NFL where the NFL that's your living in uh, in pro lacrosse and what that is now, it's more of like a side job. So so very few people are just making their living playing lacrosse. There are a few that will play indoor, outdoor, and 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 make it that way. But um, it is something that the commitment is more from surrounded around a weekend type of thing. If if you would think of the NFL, maybe back in the '30s, you know, like that. You know, that's kind of what I would I I, I draw. So, uh, but it is elite, you know, it's the highest level that you can play in, in, in my 15 years, I believe we've had 18 guys drafted. So we've, we've, we've had a great run the last two years. We've had the first selection in the draft, first defenseman selected in the draft. So, um, uh, Thomas Rigney last year was the fourth overall pick and the first defensive player selected. And then the year before that, John Surtick, who was a national defensive player of the year, uh, it's called the Schmeiser Award. Um, he was the first defensive player picked in, in the draft. So um, uh, Tommy played in the MLL and uh, John had played in the PLL. And now those leagues have merged. So we, we have had players uh, throughout our history play Garrett Thule, um, had and and uh, Adam Fullerton have both had long pro careers 
and then also played on the USA team too. So that's the 22 best players in the country and they play for a world championship. So we've had some great players that come through that. Jeremy Boltis, uh, who was, who was part of that 2010 team. Um, and, uh, was one of our all time players. Jeremy had played, uh, was the rookie of the year in the, in the pro league. So we, we've had some, some guys that have been able to do it with their military service. So their military service has always come first, but uh, have had commanders that have released them, you know, when needed uh, on the weekends, again, is what it mostly turns into. So uh, it's, it's a great value for us in recruiting because uh, we're able to point to a lot of guys who've done it, guys who want to continue to play beyond their four years and, um, you know, hopefully we'll have more guys in the future drafted and, and given that opportunity. Yeah, I was able to uh, write about a local player that played for Yale, Joe Sessa. And he was he was like, oh, well, I'm working on um, he was working in the city, maybe uh, finance or something like that and trying to find like yeah. weekend time to go play in the league and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, it's great for guys coming out from your programs, especially the success you have in your program to keep that keep playing right that's 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 a, that's a big deal for them i imagine so yeah no doubt it's the love of the game uh they're compensated um but it's it's a uh it's you know so it's probably as a young guy a little pocket change is not a bad thing but uh it is definitely the love of the game and to be able to play it at that high a level is is something that uh i know they find to be very fulfilling yeah, Rick John Rick Johnston just popped in. Remember him? He used to. He oh, was, I know Rick. I know Rick. He's he back. called your games, right? He called. Your he games. did. He yeah. did. Wow, what a, he's great at what he does. He's great at what he does. So yeah, and he was uh, he was uh, um, you know tournament. He was a lacrosse player himself. Okay. And uh, you know um, was was always very very good to our program. So appreciative of it, and we still like, exchange texts uh, uh, now and again. Good man. Right. He had a little scoop there that Garrett might be making the comeback. So. He is, yes. Yeah. So, so Garrett is uh, has uh, just finished or will be finishing his military um, uh -huh. career. So he put eight years in and and was a uh, um, a company commander and uh, infantry guy and and now uh, as a as a um, so I guess he'd probably be about thirty one now. 30, wow. 30, 30, 31. And he's, uh, he's going to make a comeback into, into the league or at least give it a shot. So, uh, right. I, I've seen him, he, he sent me a couple of videos of his workouts and he's a monster right now. I mean, an absolute, probably about two thirty, um, but just, uh, very, uh, jacked up in, in terms of his muscles and, and, uh, he doesn't look like, uh, many 30 year olds. I can tell you that. So, uh, I know he's putting in the time physically, and and uh, and I'm, I'm certain that he's uh, polishing his skills too. So uh, the com it will be extremely competitive, but I, I'm hoping for the best for him. He's a good man. Yeah, just one more. I mean, that's what it's all about. You talked about him being a company commander. That's what um, you know, your players. I mean, maybe mold you getting them coming out of high school or sometimes the prep school but you're they're they're being molded into leaders up for our country right and and coaches at west point do have a part in that mentorship so to speak right Which, without question that? yeah i mean we from a, from an adult uh perspective we we spend the most time with them you know so they're just with us all the all the time uh um you know being a division 1 athlete and what that takes so uh 
we feel in our lacrosse program that that we do have a big role in in helping them develop uh, as a leader, helping them to see um, uh, a cohesive unit uh, that you know hopefully as when they become leaders in the army that they'll they'll model or, or they'll look to parts of it and model. So it's it's uh, I'm very proud of our guys and and the leaders that they become in the army and and they do it in a lot of different ways. Uh, we have an enormous amount of uh, young men who uh, really gravitate towards the special forces and, and, you know, into the Rangers and special operations and, and do some, some, some awesome things there. Uh, and then many others who just, you know, really uh, uh, do, do a great job as leaders in, in other ways and, and, and go on to have successful military careers, go on to, um, go on to uh, uh, be successful uh, husbands and, and dads and and as well as uh, you know when they do move into the civilian world so so I'll, I'll share a story about uh, lacrosse players and this is data uh, provided to us by the army um, since 1980 they tra- you know they tracked all of the recruited army lacrosse players and they are uh, battalion commanders at twice the rate of the regular student body. So, I mean, it's it's going back over 40 years for you. Battalion commanders is typically somebody in charge of 500 plus people. Um, And uh, the lacrosse players are at twice the rate of of, uh, the general students. So um, now that that's not any pat on my back. I've only done it for 15 years. So my guys aren't even old enough to be battalion commanders. These are guys that have, uh, Coach Emmer, uh, Coach Edel, uh, Coach Pisano, you know, those are young men that, that uh, they coached and, um, you know, but the program has a, has a, 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 has done a great job of feeding the Army uh, tremendous leaders. There's certainly a tra- tradition of lacrosse at West Point, no doubt, and it's not even, you know, on, on the field, but also, like you say now, uh, serving a country. Amazing there, Coach. Really appreciate the time. You can catch uh, the Black Knights on Saturday. Um, host in, in their home opener, play St. Joe's. It's on ESPN Plus. Um, Army looking to go two and one and follow up an incredible win over Syracuse. Uh, Coach, we, we can't thank you enough for your time tonight and your insight uh, into the program. Really appreciate you having having you on. Sal, thank you so much. It's a real honor to be with you and on Black Knight Nation. So I appreciate uh, you reaching out and and, uh, appreciate the coverage.